Hey, you're listening to the Smoke Meat Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. Smoke Meat's brought to you by Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of Lamar Building. Oh, man, I love going to Joe's, especially around the holidays. You know, you get to go in there, you meet new friends, you get to hang out with your old friends. Jeremy and the gang always make you feel like you're at home every time you come in, from the first time to every time. So just remember, everybody, I goes to Joe's and so should you. That's Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of the Lamar Building. Uh, also, any cooking needs you have, any restaurant needs you have, go down to WW Restaurant Equipment at 1894 Moose Club Road in Thompson, Georgia, and see Blake Harrison. Oh, man, Blake can hook you up with anything you need, from spoons to everything you need to build a restaurant from the ground up. Oh, man, he's got ice machines. They service ice machines. If you've killed a deer this year, instead of taking it and paying somebody to process it, not knowing what you're getting back, He's got slicers, cubers, grinders, you name it. He's got it so you can process your own deer. You know what's in it. You know exactly it's your meat. You know exactly how much you're supposed to have. And it just helps you become closer. So go on down and see Blake at 1894 Moose Club Road or give him a call 706-595-9511. That's WW Restaurant Equipment in Thompson, Georgia. Also, we are sponsored by the Four Points Trading Company. Oh, man, I just got my big box of holiday candles in from them, and oh, my God, the studio is is smelling great. Right now, I've got blue spruce and candy cane lit, and oh, man, it's it's just so great. I love these candles. They've got such a great holiday assortment. They've got eggnog. uh, They've got snickerdoodle. You name it, they've got it to make your house smell so good for the holidays. And you can go to their website, fourpointstradingco.com. And put in the promo code smoked meat and you'll get 10% off your order. So check them out. That's Four Points Trading Company at fourpointstradingco.com. Today, everybody, my guest is going to be Mr. Gray Robinson. Gray is a former attorney, he's an author now. Uh, he helps a lot of lawyers who are suffering from burnout and other problems. And uh, man, we just had a great time talking today. So we're going to go on ahead and get this beast kicked off here on Smoked Meat. So, Gray, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. Oh, I'll tell you what, this uh, 20, you know, it's kind of funny. I think that every psychic in the world should quit right now because none of them predicted 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm with you on that one, man. And if things weren't bad enough. I found out the other day there is a new movie coming out. Do you remember the Sharknado movies? Oh, yeah. This one is going to make those look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> uh, and it, well, I say that just the cheesiness of it, but I've actually got a friend that's in it, um, Jan Birch, but it's called Sky Sharks. Okay. I can sum it up in one sentence Zombie Nazis riding flying sharks. Oh, there's a winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out the yeah. chicken dinner, man. Oh yeah. It's I'm, I'm ready for this year to be over. I woke up, I worked Halloween night as a, because you know, I'm a paramedic and I got up the day after Halloween and my wife and kids had two Christmas trees up in the house and every decoration we had, I'm like, you know, it's not even Thanksgiving. And they told me, said, well, we're done with this year. We want it to finish. So we're going to rush it. So I can do well. it. Well, you know, I, I'd like to see the trailer for 2021 before I fully commit to it. Oh, um, yes. I'm sure that 
for people who are change phobic uh, are probably climbing the walls. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, now that we're all locking down again, uh, it's becoming to be not as funny as it was, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, if this is any indication of 2021, about three months ago, I started actually paying attention to the charts on these things. And I was at one point I was in Sweden, Denmark, uh, where else? And Mexico. And to put this in perspective, right now there are actually people learning English from this voice. So there's 2021 for you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, Siri won't be able to recognize their accent either. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's hilarious. You know how Comcast or the cable companies have the voice activated remote. Mine will not answer my wife at all. And when it does, she could say NCIS and it'll say finding blues clues. Just something like that. It can't understand her. It's awesome. Well, I, I've had more than one frustrating uh, conversation with Siri, mm -hmm. uh, but who does not recognize my North Carolina accent whatsoever. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, I know it's because I don't move my lips, but it's just irritating to say the least when you ask a question and they, they're going, please reframe your question. Yeah. And it's like, why? What's wrong with the first way I said it? Yeah. Well, what part of North Carolina? Winston-Salem. Okay. Winston-Salem, yeah. I, I used to have an aunt that lived in Charlotte. We'd spend summers up there. Go to Carowinds every year when I was a kid. Well, not these days. But it's, uh, yeah, I, that's just down the road from me. Yeah. Although I, I live outside of Portland, Oregon now, which is a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, people don't understand me here either. So it's... Uh, no matter where you go, there you are. Exactly. Well, I tell you, you know, I, I believe in, you know, to a point, I believe in destiny. And I'm going to go on ahead and tell you, with the name Gray and being from North Carolina, you had no choice from birth but to be a lawyer. You know, Third that, generation. Third generation trial lawyer. Yep. They, they named you to be a lawyer. Yeah. Because that is a traditional Southern lawyer name, Gray. Uh, I'm think it's probably uh in a novel somewhere but it's uh yeah that's uh my mother's maiden name and i have about a dozen cousins nephews nieces named gray and anytime somebody says gray at a family party at least 12 people turn their head <laughs> so, nice that's, that's what i love about the south men our names because Nearly every female I know is her middle name is either Marie, my wife says Marie, Lynn or Elizabeth, one or the other. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, well, well let's, let's get into the meat of this thing. Cause I, I know you, you got a lot of stuff going on, man. And, uh, we, we had talked a little bit and I looked up a little bit about this program you've done, you know, for helping lawyers with burnout. Yeah, I was a trial lawyer. Uh, for 27 years and in 2004 had uh, basically had, went through burnout you know at the time I called it a, a nervous breakdown I, I just couldn't face the fact of going into my office and dealing with stuff um, so 
uh, I quit. You know, there weren't any resources. There weren't any self-help books. There weren't anybody doing radio shows about how to deal with what I was going through. And so I basically quit. You know, the thing is, is that when you quit from a uh, burnout, the only thing that changes is you don't have any income. Yeah. Uh, so I, I decided I was going to get to the bottom of this and find out what in the world happened to me because it felt like I was blindsided by a school bus. And so I went, uh, got into healing. I got into uh, meditation. I got into Eastern philosophy. I went to India. I went around the world a number of times trying to find out what in the world happened to me because I feel like you know, I wasn't stupid. I, I wasn't misinformed. I just, something happened to me that I could not explain. And so I wanted an answer to what in the world happened to me. So it took me about 10 years before I finally got a handle on and got my arms around what happens to lawyers who have practiced law for a while and all of a sudden it just isn't fun anymore. You know, we're, we're waking up and we're exhausted and we're irritable and we're not much fun to be around. And, you know, our wives or husbands or partners are looking at us like, what in the world, you know, did you step on? Yeah. And uh, you need to change your attitude. And it's like, if I knew how to change my attitude, I would. I don't enjoy being this way. Uh, I don't enjoy feeling like everybody's shooting a rifle at, at me mm -hmm. uh, because I was sitting there and I felt like I had uh, to fight. Obviously, I had to fight the opposition, but I also had to fight the judge. I also had to fight my partners and I had to fight my clients. And so I guess that may give you an insight about where my mind was going is that I thought everything was a fight. Yeah. So, uh, but I was a really good fighter and I was really, here's the ironic thing was that I was really good at what I did and I was making a lot of money, which probably made the suffering more uh, tasty for a long time. But eventually even the money didn't make any difference. Yeah. Um, yeah they, they call that the velvet noose. Oh, I like that. I'm going to yep. steal that. Yeah. Um, so you know, having my senior partner was my father and I had a brother who was a partner. Um, I, my father was a lawyer. I have two brothers who are lawyers and my twin brother's a doctor. So you can imagine uh, that's a whole family of super achievers. Yeah. And so when I quit, you know, it was kind of like a planet losing, leaving the solar system. Uh, and yeah, so I was... I took a lot of criticism for that, but, you know, white knuckling it and, you know, uh, bucking up just wasn't doing it. Yeah. And, and I know as an EMT, you, you understand the concept of secondhand trauma. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of lawyers don't know anything about this but the fact is is that when you're in a profession where you're seeing stuff that would curdle milk every day mm -hmm. you know it, it's like when you see tragedy day in and day out eventually it's going to hit you yeah. and because we don't 
unless we're trained, we don't know how to deal with all of that tragedy over a long period of time. It's just like first, like EMTs, first responders, um, military personnel, frontline people uh, that have to witness stuff that is just really tears at your soul. And if you don't have something to deal with that, if you don't have a way to deal with that, eventually it actually impacts your brain. I was, uh, before this show, I was watching a webinar uh, by the Hazelton Clinic, which is you know, the Betty Ford Clinic that all the famous celebrities go to when they're addicted and they were trying to sober up. But they were doing a seminar on the science of addiction and the effect that trauma has on our brain. And it is profound. I mean, we don't have lawyers, especially because we don't have any training in this. But when we're witnessing trauma day in and day out, it changes our brain yeah. to where we make poor decisions, we can't sleep, uh, we become you know, attracted to self-medication to try to stop the pain. And it's emotional pain I'm talking about, but some people actually uh, experience physical pain, headaches, uh, you know, the constant stress on your body makes you sore. Um, and a lot of people try to get around that through exercise, but then they become addicted to the exercise. And they're not really dealing with the underlying emotional problems that they're dealing with. And a lot of times, you know, when we see uh, trauma day in and day out, or we hear about trauma day in and day out, we're actually triggering memories that we've had from childhood, or even if we uh, had an idyllic childhood, you know, we grew up in the, or I grew up in the fifties, a lot of lawyers today grew up, you know, 20 years ago. And no matter what decade you grew up in, there were always tragedies you were hearing about. And as, as the internet came online and as TV got more uh, prevalent, you know, we used to see this stuff more and more and more and more. And so even, the, you know, you might have had a, beautiful childhood with adoring parents and support and no bad experiences, but you still watch TV and you still heard about stuff that happened to your friends. And unless you were a psychopath, you probably, it probably hurt somewhere in your psyche to learn that that kind of stuff can happen to people, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody killed by a drunk driver or somebody committing suicide. I've had uh, two family first cousins commit suicide. And that left a lot of unanswered questions. But I think that for lawyers especially, uh, I, I was talking to a psychologist one time who had a theory that there's always a common reason why people go into certain fields uh, for example, people that go into the medical field, EMTs and nurses, that sort of thing, experienced a, some kind of illness in their family or themselves, and they want to heal that. They want to heal people because they 
went through some kind of a traumatic experience in their, uh, and I, you may not have experienced this, but most part, uh, they knew somebody who uh, were, had a medical problem and they wanted to learn how to deal with it and help those people. For lawyers, it's um, injustices, what they think is unfair. They've experienced something where they felt like the legal system let somebody down or somebody was injured and they didn't get justice or somebody was victimized and they didn't get justice. And so they decided to be a lawyer because they wanted to change that. They wanted to change the world. And most lawyers, believe it or not, start off uh, wanting to help people, wanting to help the world. And so they go to law school and they get all this education and they go to work practicing law and bam, they hit the wall. And the wall is the business of practicing law, which is far different than the ideals of practicing law because you know, we, we want to save the environment. We want to help the helpless. We want to help victims. But then you got to go out and got to get clients and you got to get money to, because a lot of people are in it for the money. Yeah. And, you know, most people that you meet practicing law, if they're a private lawyer, they're not working for a nonprofit or they're not in legal aid or they're, you know, where they're, they're not doing it for the money. And they're, lots of people who are paid a lot of money, but that's not the thing. That's not what's driving them. Mm -hmm. But for most lawyers, it's the money that's the motivation. And it's the motivation that gets them out of bed. It's the motivation that gets them to deal with all of the unpleasantness that they have to deal with on a daily basis. So for lawyers who don't make a lot of money and have to deal with all of the BS it's a stress, it's extremely stressful. Yeah. And especially if your expectations were one thing and reality is another. And you know, that's where suffering lies is between expectations and realities. Yeah. So we, you know, you can see how lawyers can get disillusioned. You can see how lawyers get stressed out and you can especially see why lawyers quit because they didn't sign up for that stuff. And uh, whether you're a defense lawyer, you know, one of, I have a couple of clients that represent uh, people who are chronic defendants and they are just so- the law twice, no. <laughs> well, you know, I, when I was practicing law, I, I kind of gave discounts for people if they, they broke the law the second time. Uh, you know, come, you know, for repeat business. Mm -hmm. um, but even though I tried to put the best face on it, I could, you know, I, I tried to envisioning myself as being, uh, a, you know, a knight in shining armor who's there to hold their hand and help them get through the legal system with as, as and, and be treated as fairly as possible. But still, if my expectations weren't met or their expectations weren't met, then I felt like I'd done something wrong. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's not helpful. Yeah. I also suffer from a, a disease called, I call it a disease, it's, it's actually a, an emotional um, problem. It's called perfectionism. 
And what and anybody that uh, thinks that making a mistake is failure suffers from perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And a lot of lawyers are just trained perfectionists because look at what they've had to go through. They've had to be the top of their class in high school in order to get into a good college. They had to be the top of their class in law school in order, I mean, in college in order to get into a good law school. And then they had to be the top of their class in law school in order to get a good job after law school. So, you know, a C, C plus just doesn't hunt in the legal world. You have to be an A student or whatever the equivalent is, the top of your class. I went to a law school that didn't give A's, so you tried to be a B student mm -hmm. and graduated at the top of your class. And uh, So you're always striving to be the best. And make it, being human is not allowed. You, you can't make a mistake. You can't go to sleep at the wheel. You can't do anything but 110 mm percent -hmm. and if you don't have ways to balance that then you're going to run into trouble yeah and you know everybody thinks that you know ptsd or you know burnout or anything like that is just caused by one big event you know and for me you know five years ago i had two strokes and that helped bring out my ptsd i'm the poster child for that and uh i tell everybody it's not one big event, you know, over 30 years, everything is a drop in that bucket. And if you don't know how to empty that bucket, it's going to fill up and it's going to boil over and it's over then. Wait a minute. I need to write this down. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect description of what happens to lawyers. I mean, yeah. you know, there are certain segment of society of lawyers who grew up it with an abusive childhood. And that has its own problems it, because the uh, uh, childhood abuse actually causes addiction yeah. and uh, it causes a whole lot of emotional and mental issues that lawyers, you know, they deal with, but they don't understand what's causing the behavior. Mm. Again, it's, you know, the abuse affects your brain. It affects, you know, I can get into the science of it, but it's really the fact that you, you lose the ability to be objective. You lose the ability to think clearly. You, you know, PTSD is a boy. I, I was diagnosed with that a few years ago and I didn't even know I had it. I just thought that, well, I just panic when I hear loud noises. You know, I, I couldn't understand that that was from being yelled at as a child. Yeah. And so, you know, when somebody rose, raised their voice and yelled at me, I didn't realize that I was going back into my childhood and I had done something wrong. Yeah. And so a lot of, you know, people, what I do with this program is I help people connect the dots as to why they act the way they act, why the, they feel the way they feel and if they're suffering, how to stop that. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of, lot of experience, a lot of psychology, a lot of science, a lot of uh, therapy models, and a lot of research that I did over the years. And it, it's pretty effective. I'm, I'm really happy with the results my clients are getting. And um, 
let me just uh, do a quick uh, commercial here. My website is www.lawyerlifeline.net. Um, and you know you're at the right place when you see me with a life preserver. So, you know, it's lawyerlifeline.net and, and I'm available for free uh, chats to see if you need me or whether you uh, just need to take a deep breath. Um, but it's, you know, I guess I need to throw a little levity into this because I know that um, lawyers take themselves very seriously, but I want to tell you a perfect lawyer joke. Uh, I've heard a lot of jokes. Some of them are demeaning for lawyers and I don't want to, you know, I'm not into that. But this is just something that I just chuckle at every time I think of it. But there's this lawyer who was recently widowed. And after a suitable period of uh, bereavement, he decided to go out on the dating circuit again. And he decided to go on one of these things where you go to a night, uh, to a bar, nightclub, and it's called speed dating, where you get five minutes with somebody and then you switch. Um, and so he sits down and this absolutely uh, beautiful woman sits down and the guy says, I know we don't have any time. I just want to say right at the outset that I'm an extremely successful lawyer. I make tons of money, but I'm also an avid golfer. And I will practice three times a week. I go play on Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, just to get this out of the way, because if you can't handle that, then I understand, but, you know, we're not a fit. And so the woman sat there and said, well, I appreciate your honesty. I, you know, I've never heard anybody be so honest before. And I, and that, you know, I want to be the same. And, and I have to confess to you that I'm a hooker. And the lawyer thought about it for a second. He said, well, you know, if you keep your left arm straight, you'll stop that. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I've got a good one for you, kind of along them lines. As a, there was a, a doctor and a lawyer were playing golf one day, and they got behind. What it was a doctor, a lawyer, and oh, I, I hate when I mess up a joke. But they got uh, behind these guys that were really slow playing, and uh, the they, they, you know, guy rolled around on the golf cart just checking on everybody. I said, Man, what's these guys' story? You know, they're they're killing us. And said, so, Well, that's that's three firefighters who. They, when the clubhouse caught fire a couple of years ago, they went in and they saved a baby. They saved the clubhouse, saved everything, but it messed up their eyes so bad. They've actually developed a thing where they can actually play by sound. And, uh, the, the doctor said, man, that's, that's amazing. He said, I've got connections with the greatest ophthalmologists in the world. We can get them fixed and we can do it pro bono. And the lawyer looked up and said, well, if, if you got that going on, why can't they just play at night and let us go on through? <laughs> so. Well, I think the point of both of those stories is lawyers always think it's about us. You know, it's, it's, they, they focus on their universe and uh, they can't th think outside of that box. And so they have to be focused in order to be successful at their job, but they also lose perspective on yeah. what 
life is about. And so if anybody's uh, suffering or thinking about quitting their practice of law, please call me first because you don't have to quit in order. Because like I said, I quit. And the only thing that changed is I, I didn't have any income. Yeah. Uh, I was still miserable. Um, and and it's funny, you know, everybody says, well, there's, there's psychologists out there that deal with PTSD and, and all these other problems. And the thing they don't realize is, you know, like with lawyers and with paramedics, you need to talk to somebody that's been there, somebody that understands what you're doing. And, uh, when, when I came back from the strokes, you know, I tried to find help for the PTSD and then there was none specific for paramedics or first responders. You know, if you were a soldier, God bless them coming back from Afghanistan, all the help in the world. If you were at the Boston bombing, all the help in the world, but somebody where it just builds up nothing. And it took, I, I had to deal with a lot of it myself and figure it all out. So I understand exactly where you're coming from. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to go to India, which I kind of bummed out about because I'm a foodie <laughs> and I want to try some real Indian food, but, uh, you know, people don't understand that. And you being, being a lawyer and you, you can, can relate on their level and they're not having to worry about, okay, how am I going to make him understand what's going on? And that just gets the healing and the, the goodness in a lot faster. And it's a wonderful thing. And I'm happy. Well, I think, yeah, I think that the difference between what I offer and what most people will find elsewhere is that number one, I have lived through it. And I understand that not everything about therapy works. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with therapy that people don't relate to. And so, my point is, is that people who are therapists who have never been through what they're treating are just reciting what they read in a book somewhere. Yeah. And um, they don't really understand all of the emotions and all of the mental stuff that lawyers go through. Now, again, I'm, I'm not saying that this only works for lawyers. It works for everything. Everybody yeah. works. Uh, because stress is stress. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer or what you are, yeah. but it's a large part is uh, the mind, the psyche, the, mm -hmm. our, our operating, you know, put it in computer, computer terms, which is so relevant is our operating system uh, mm -hmm. is probably not the best operating system available. Yeah. And Still so I give, I give people upgrades that make what they do easy and fun. Yeah. And people are always calling me and uh, telling me how much it has changed their lives and how much they appreciate what I've done and how much, how grateful they are they found me. So um, the thing is, is that you don't have to suffer. People, you know, most lawyers think that if they're not suffering, they're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, if they're not working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, then they're not going to be successful. Yeah. And that's just a lie that people tell themselves to, uh, you know, they think that's what they have to do to succeed. And it's not. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's going to, it's guaranteed to failure. Mm -hmm. 
And, and one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like me and you're going to say, there is no way that I'm going into the office today. I just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And when, so, uh, you know, I, I actually decided to get out of medicine for a while and I cooked, I became a cook. Um, and it's funny because while I loved cooking and I still love to cook, I'm almost 300 pounds. It's kind of obvious. I like to cook, but you know, there's things that you're built to do. You know, you were built to be a lawyer. You were built to help people. And I'm, I was built to be a paramedic and I wasn't happy cooking because of that. And yeah, you know, you gotta kind of be true to yourself. And a lot of times, you know, it's, it's hard. Like say it, 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 what, what you love can kill you if you don't manage. Right. Most, well, that's the point I'm trying to make that most lawyers don't understand that the same thing that makes them a successful lawyer will make them miserable. Yeah. And that you have to be able to change your perspective on the hard stuff. Yeah. And that, and it's not impossible. And, you know, my program is six weeks long, but you can do it in six days if you want. I don't recommend it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like losing weight. You, you can lose a hundred pounds in six days, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's easier to do it a little bit at a time. And so when they can, when you can do it and integrate it, assimilate it, understand it, then it starts making sense because I'm not going to do anything. that doesn't make sense to me. And, um, obviously it makes sense to a lot of other people because they certainly are benefiting. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful thing, man. And I'm, I'm happy to doing something that can help people because everybody, you got so many tearing everybody down right now and doing something that helps people is awesome because I mean, it's, it's just what we need. Well, I think everybody just needs to take a deep breath and just remember that uh, probably I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give a glancing blow to current events mm -hmm. that every four years we elect somebody we don't like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't care. Uh, you may like them, but next four years, it's probably going to be somebody you don't like because we kind of go back. It's like a, a wave. Yeah. And we, we talk about, we, we vote for the people, we always vote for the people we like, but then somehow, some way, some son of a gun gets elected and we don't understand why, but at the end of that four years, we're still here, we're still kicking. Yeah. You know, that's one of the great things about this country is nobody dies because there's a change of power. Yeah. Uh, some people get richer and some people get poor, but that's always gonna happen. You know, the rich get richer, always, always, always. The chat, the trick is, is to feel rich, Yeah. you know, because I know lots of people who have uh, 10, 20, 30, $50 million in the bank. And they're so stressed out that they're going to be broke that you'd think that they were insane. And they are a little bit, I call it the Midas curse, mm -hmm. you know, because if you remember the story, people, Midas was obsessed with gold and he helped a God out, a Greek God, and a Greek God gave him the gift of turning everything into the gold. And he thought that was great until he hugged his daughter. Yeah. 
and turn his daughter into gold. And then, you know, that's the metaphor of life is that if all you're focused on is money, eventually some, you're going to lose something you love. And so I teach people how to avoid that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not allergic to money by no stretch. Those people with all that money, if they want to get rid of some of their stress, I'll text you my address. Uh, there you go. Um, I've got my bank account uh, posted on my website. Anybody decides they've got too much money, please come to me. I can exactly. help you with that. We're helpers. We're, we're givers. We're, we're, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny. When I was young, that was my main goal. I wanted money, period. I wanted rich. And I found out over the years, like I say, money ain't everything. It helps a whole lot. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, you know, like this show, I don't monetize it. I have three sponsors, but it's three that I wanted to have. And I don't do the pay-per-click thing. Uh they paid me a little fee. You know, my first sponsor actually bought my first round of gear to do this show with. And they're on my shows now. And to me, it just keeps it fun. If, if I had to, you know, every 10 minutes mention, okay, we're sponsored by Joe's soap company today. Tell me, Greg, do you use soap? You know, that would be aggravating. And it would take so much of the fun out of this. I do this to, to wash my day off. And well, I think that that is so true about, everything in life but especially what i do because whatever you know it's a uh i've studied a lot about buddhism mm. and eastern philosophy and their thing is that whatever you desire will eventually make you suffer yeah and it, whether it's sex or money or clothes or physical things if you desire it you will never have enough yeah um, if you desire a large bank account and you get $10 million, well, you'll want 20 mm. When you get to 20, you'll want 30. And so you're always, and the thing people don't understand is there's an addiction to desire. Yeah. And, and because what happens, we, when we want something that and we work hard for it, it causes an adrenaline rush. And we, and we're so, and a lot of lawyers I know, and a lot of other people I know, are addicted to that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. And so they either keep raising the bar or they change the bar. Yeah. So that they're always want something they don't have. And that always keeps that cycle of adrenaline going and event. And quite frankly, it's that adrenaline rush that causes the burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about Buddhism. I do have a Buddhist joke for you. All right. Did you hear about the Zen Buddhist that walked up to the hot dog vendor and said, make me one with everything? <laughs> yep. Well, Greg, I'll tell you, man, let, let all my people know exactly where they can find you. All right. Like I said, it's uh, www.lawyerlifeline.net. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm on, uh, you can find me on the internet. You can find me on uh, Lawyer Lifeline on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, LinkedIn, it's, it's kind of hard to avoid. But uh, just remember that you do not have to suffer. And just imagine what your life would be like if you had fun. If, you were if everything was possible and you were having fun, 
and you woke up every day wanting to go do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on here. You know, you're welcome on here anytime. I mean, hell, if you want to call and talk about the Brave score, I don't care. I'm easy. I'm a well, we'll talk. I, I used to be a chef myself. I had a restaurant for three years in Raleigh, North Carolina. Nice. So I, I know what it's like to uh, clean pans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, my kids have learned too, because my best friend owns a restaurant supply place. As a matter of fact, he, he's one of my sponsors. And uh, half of what we cook with is commercial stuff. I mean, we don't just use a cookie sheet. We use a one from Subway or you're right. Yeah, I don't use a casserole dish. I use a hotel pan. <laughs> there you go. So, well, yeah. it's you know, it's a poor workman that blames his tool, but it's uh, it makes it so much easier when you got the right one, doesn't it? De- definitely, definitely, man. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on here. I've had it. Well, I enjoyed it, Brad. Yeah. Uh, 